0: Welcome to Planting Hope, a podcast of the Treasuring Christ Together Church Planting Network. You can find out more about our network of churches at tctnetwork.org. My name is Dana Cordell, and in this podcast series, I'm joining some dear sisters for conversations geared toward encouraging and uplifting other ministry wives to treasure Christ and to hope in Him. And today, I'm joined by my dear friend, Jackie Perry. Hi, Jackie. Hey, Dana. Hey. So Jackie and her husband, Justin, are at Covenant Life Church in Tampa, Florida, where Justin serves as lead pastor there. So Jackie, tell us a little bit about your church and family. So
1: Dana, our church, Covenant Life, just celebrated 11 years Yay. Um, just a few weeks ago. So we were a church plant to Tampa. Um, our family relocated. Here just about 12 years ago, and um, have been serving in at Covenant Life ever since. We have three girls. Um, our oldest is 13. We have an 11 year old and an 8 year old. Awesome. And um, unlike some of the TCT, uh, church, uh, TCTN churches, we have been a part of the network for about five years but we did not come through Bethlehem. So we really were just blessed to make connections with TCTN over the years. And um, we're just wowed by the way that the network cares for and loves on um, elder families and church planting families and churches and couldn't wait to be a part.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I think it goes both ways. Most definitely because um the Perry's have been such a gift to our network. So before we begin, Jackie, I just want to share just some words of encouragement about you because um, you have been such an encouragement to our lives. Personally, we have known my husband and I've known the Perry's for around 13 years. I'm assuming it's been around 13 years since before they planted in Tampa. And I can honestly say they have been just uh, a real encouragement to our lives through the years. And Justin and Jackie, one thing I love about them, um, and I'm so thankful that they're part of our network, is they have servant hearts and they have wisdom beyond their years. And I know that Jackie is going to have so much grace to share with the listeners today, and I'm so honored and happy to be joined by her for this podcast. So, Jackie, thank you for for being here. And let me just do a little bit of introduction as we begin to think about the topic that we're talking about today um so I invited you to share on this specific topic and it can be very difficult to navigate yet it is present in most every church body and the topic is the topic of expectations um expectations that surround pastors and their families within the church and you can think about expectations it's a it's a huge huge thing right when we think about it yeah. So think about it in ministry. There's kind of a a broad view that I've experienced and then more of a narrow view. So the broad view of expectations are maybe the expectations within our churches. Um, These expectations are the things surrounding pastors and their families, the way we act, the serve, the time we give, the roles we have, those sorts of things. You know, it's this big, broad expectations. And then you begin to narrow it in a little bit. And there's also expectations and a dynamic of expectations within a pastor's own family, and and specifically within our marriages, um, yeah. how we function as a couple in ministry looks like together. So, these expectations. One thing, just as I've started thinking about it across the board, we can't say that the same that there's the same expectations everywhere for pastors and their wives because. I think it's different based on a lot of different uh, dynamics um, in marriages and in churches. And so I think there's just a lot of different variables that play into the expectations that we all experience. And so I just would love to hear your thoughts just kind of to get us started today is what are some of these variables that you feel like kind of play into expectations?
1: Well, it's interesting, Dana, when you told me we would be discussing expectations, Mm -hmm. I can remember the first time that I really thought about expectations. Um, Justin and I were newly married, and we were in seminary, and he was taking a class, a marriage and family class, and one of the assignments in the class was on phantoms, (laughs) and basically a phantom, whether it be in marriage, in our own personal lives, or in ministry— is something that is seen, or I'm sorry, is felt, but not seen. Mm. So um, in other words, it's expectations that find their way into our life. Mm. Mm. And I feel like it is so helpful to, to identify the expectations that are there, um, as well as the effect that they have in our lives personally as just worshipers and followers of Christ. Um, as wives and spouses and in our marriage and then in our ministry. And I found that to be tremendously helpful when the Lord has helped me to uncover those and really Mm -hmm. come behind them with the truth of his word to know what, Mm -hmm. what is, what does faithfulness, obedience, worship really look like? And am I living that out um, in pursuit of fulfilling these expectations or is he calling me to something different?
0: Mm, no, that's very helpful. The, the idea of a phantom <laughs> expectations are, you said, felt, but not seen all yep. the time, but they're yep. there. And, um, I think that's one thing I was, I've talked with you about this personally, just in, in our friendship, but just how so often I feel like I get just, I, I start going down the rushing river and I wonder how in the world. Here, and it's sometimes I haven't even stopped to even think about the expectations. <laughs> and so yeah. that's why I'm so happy to have you share with us today. The, that sometimes engulfs us and we don't think in these categories. And I think it's going to be very helpful to uh, ministry uh, families as we begin to think about that. Okay, Jackie. So for the first question, um, I would love for you to describe the early days of ministry and then progressively how things changed for you guys over time. We had a wife uh, submit a question uh, to some of the other wives in our network. And she said, when we first started our church, we invited nearly every person into our home for a meal and spent intentional time getting to know each one. And as the church has grown, I'm finding that I'm unable to know and host each person. Have you experienced this? Maybe can you speak a little bit to that tension?
1: Yes, Dana, I love this question because it's something that Justin and I have definitely faced over the years. Um, When we planted Covenant Life, it was uh, Justin and I along with our teammates. And so it was the four of us initially. And within the first eight months or so, as the Lord began to add members or people began to join us, uh, when we covenanted together, it was 30 people. And 30 people is within the church is a very intimate setting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so there were lots of meals that were shared, lots of coffee dates, and just um, relational capital, friendship that had just blossomed and grown. It was truly like a family, um, mm-hmm. a very small, close knit family. And then as the church has grown, so fast forward 11 years. Um, we're no longer 30 members. We now are closer to 200 members. Mm. And so as um, as the Lord added to our number and grew our church, I think something that sor- sort of stayed stuck in time were mm. my expectations of mm. what ministry would look like practically on a day-to-day basis even. Um, relationally and i uh, and i began to really kind of talk this out a few years mm-hmm. ago when we began to feel the effects of it and initially we couldn't quite put our finger on it but when our when hospita- hospitality began to feel really overwhelming and exhausting uh, mm-hmm. because the growth of our church had outpaced our family calendar right or um when the there was just a constant feeling of failure because we couldn't know each member of the church personally the way that we had before. Mm. Um, or when there were just almost these constant companions of inadequacy and insufficiency, no matter how much we mm. did, just because it never felt like it was enough. Um, mm. And then probably one that... Um, we noticed first was before even the exhaustion and, um, the senses of failure and, and inadequacy was just a tendency to want to overpromise. Yeah. um, to members. We felt the tension. We felt the desire, tension between our desire to know every member and our inability to do that as we had people express to us their hurt over us over promising to them just you know that casual conversation on Sunday morning where you genuinely want to spend time with this person and say let's get together soon or hey I would love to catch up or we want to have you over and um when that was made with a genuine desire to be with them. But mm. but with the reality, the growing reality, that there was just not the bandwidth to do it, to fulfill mm. every commitment we were making um, because just our membership had grown. Um, it was creating expectations that eventually led to hurt in the lives of our members. And that was truly, I think, part of us being stuck in those old expectations of this smaller, more intimate um, family, intimate family-like um, environment of 30 members, and we just mm. couldn't keep up. And, um, and so that truly was when we started to realize our expectations, both my husband and I, even the expectation of some of our members, particularly those that the early days to experience that very intimate setting, um, that it had not grown and evolved as the church had grown and evolved. And mm. so sort of the example that the Lord has given me, just to see this visually, is it's my eight-year-old trying to cram her foot into last year's shoes, you know, or... <laughs> trying to squeeze into her 5T pants, it just doesn't work. And eventually those symptoms of it not working began to surface and we began to see the need to identify what's at the root of this sense of failure? What's at the root of this exhaustion? Um, What's at the root of this disappointment and uh, from others within the body? and And it really led us to see kind of these expectations that were just just undergrown um, compared Mm. to where we were in ministry.
0: Mm, That's so helpful. So how would you say that? How would you encourage uh, ministry families to how do we need to pivot our expectations and perhaps even the expectations of others as our church family grows? You know, I am not an expert (laughs) at
1: this. I am still learning as we speak because this doesn't just happen, as we know, as we go from 30 members to Mm -hmm. 100 members and we go from 100 members to 200 members and 200 members to however the Lord would choose to change and grow our churches. We just are constantly in need to be flexible Mm -hmm. and dependent upon the Lord and that's something that he's definitely shown me is necessary in ministry but probably something very specific to kind of hang our hats on instead Mm -hmm. of just depend on the Lord and be ready for flexibility um, is just to maybe redefine what our expectation of ourselves, what mm. that expectation is. And um, I one thing that has just bred so quietly and silently um, over the years in this attempt to meet expectations was the fear of man. Mm-hmm. And um, in trying to meet the expectations of everyone else, perceived or real, even my own expectations or the expectation of my husband, I think I stopped asking, Lord, what do you ask of me? And when I began to to really, for the Mm. first time, ask him, Lord, what do you ask of me? Mm. Just the really freeing and Um, gracious response that he continually Mm -hmm. gave me was faithfulness um, that I am called to faithfulness. And again, Mm -hmm. going back to that dependency and flexibility, faithfulness looks different in every season, sometimes daily, moment Mm -hmm. by moment, it looks different. So that call to faithfulness does require dependency and flexibility, but um, as I began to look at the fact that not only had our church changed in these, uh, you know, these past eleven years, I personally had changed. Our family had changed. Justin and I's marriage had changed. Mm-hmm. And so, in all of those areas of my life, he's calling me to faithfulness. And so, not to a particular expectation, but just to depend on him and to be flexible. And so just to begin to ask the question, Lord, what does faithfulness to you look like today um, in this season, in this relationship, in this particular circumstance, and really just to trust the Lord with the rest? Mm. And I think that even um, even for our members that are a part of the church with us, I think just to call them to the same um, and to be willing to listen where there's hurt or there's disappointment and to be willing to um, offer an apology if it's needed, but Mm. to really call them to the same and to see that what the Lord is doing, although it does make us change what ministry looks like from those early days, that what he's doing is good, that he's building Mm. his church and his kingdom that's among us. And we get to be a part of it and to keep him in the center of that and not our it's the best place to be. And I think calling calling us to do that together and lay aside our expectations as we do it. And that's hard. Um, but I would mm. say that would be just a few of the things that has been really helpful
0: um, for me along the way. Oh, that's so good. I love, uh, I've been taking tons of notes as you're talking, but <laughs> just um, really keeping Jesus at the center. And as you were talking, I was just thinking that so many of it, like our these expectations we're pointing to, it's not just the outside of us that uh, is, is speaking the expectations, but oftentimes it's the inside of us. Oh, It's, yes. it's our hearts. It's, it's that desire for approval, that some sort of validation that I am doing that big word enough. And that word enough just needs to be taken out of our vocabulary because that's not what it's about. It's about faithfulness. And I love that. I think that we say the word enough so much when we look at our lives and Jesus is asking us to be faithful. And that is a, a prayer filled discerning work. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. and I just love how you are just, you know, you're talking because, because yes, uh, life changes, uh, kids grow, ministries grow, families come and go from the church. There are seasons of crisis and there's not seasons of crisis and there's just so many different dynamics. And so I just love that, that encouragement, toward faithfulness so thank you oh my goodness that is that's so encouraging um to me so um i would love to ask another question um and you you've really kind of hit on this some of these questions are kind of intertwined um but many uh you know they're here and they're like yes we need to you know you know, curb these expectations and these sorts of things. Well, how would you encourage other pastor's wives to learn how to manage these expectations? Because sometimes that's just a, that's an art that is a little hard to know how to do. So how can you encourage other pastor's wives to, to learn how to manage these expectations?
1: Honestly, Dana, I think for me personally, it was first identifying them. Um, it's mm-hmm. really hard to manage expectations that you don't know exist. Um, and that goes back to the phantoms. You know, I, I feel like I often find myself living so reactionary to life and I'm just trying to get through the day. And I, I sort of have these little red flags where the spirit's trying to get my attention and I just keep going, <laughs> just trying to get through And I find that in ministry also. And so Mm -hmm. the times that he's been gracious enough to just slow me down or sound the alarm to get my attention, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever it was, um, just to help me identify, why am I, why am I experiencing this? Why do I feel this way? What's Mm -hmm. at the root of this? And so for me... Certain emotions um, Mm. that seem disproportionate to the circumstance get my attention. And when that happens, most of the time, in personal situations, in ministry situations, in relationships, the expectations are at the root of it. And um, so I think first just identifying them and helping us to be aware of just the huge influence they have. Um, over us. And, mm. and then I think to allow God's word to begin to speak into those areas. And so, I mean, we collect our expectations from everywhere, from the culture, mm. from other people perceiving them from the outside, other godly women, pastors, wives, and what we see them do outwardly, comparing that to who we are inwardly. And we just feel a, an instant deficit Um, and we see it from, you know, people that we've watched growing up, maybe in our marriages, other marriages that we watched growing up, or we, people we respected, um, from other couples in ministry that we admire, you know, we collect these expectations from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just good to hold much like we do our emotions up to God's word and not let them get the last say. I think the same with our expectations to really submit those over to the Lord and to his word and to let him be the one to decide, you know, Mm. okay, what, what should this look like? And I think that word should is even another place that I just began to listen when I feel like I should do something Mm. like, okay, why should I, is it because this person has made me feel like I should? Is it because I just catch those expectations that's happened a lot in our marriage where Justin mm. is talking and dreaming and, and has, you know, so many hopes and goals for the future and he's talking and I'm just his helpmate right there next to him wanting to come alongside in any way I can and I'm collecting expectations. He's not dosing out, you know. like <laughs> So true. He's like, we're this is this is just a hope, a dream that I have for our church in the next year. And I'm like, okay, add that to, to my to do list. Um, yep. So I think just that word should making so careful that our shoulds are informed by God's word and not by others around us or by the culture or by our own hearts, because Mm -hmm. we know they're deceitful and wicked. And so that would be my,
0: my greatest encouragement. Mm, Man, that is so, so helpful. Thank you. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, for maybe our last question, I would love for you to speak to as many, women, um, they've got that whole should language or they have that whole enough language. Like we talked about those buzzwords to the heart that maybe help us see, um, that we need to identify these are areas that I need to let God's word speak to me. Um, and, and, you know, hear his voice louder than all the other voices clamoring for my attention. That's right. So, so, um, what would you say to a pastor's wife or a woman in ministry? who feels that she can never do enough. Can you end us today on just some gospel hope? Yes, and Dana,
1: I'm sure you have felt this. I've definitely felt this, mm-hmm. and so I would love to hear even what you would say um to that. But um I I think I would question what is enough. Yeah. You know, like what is that um, driving expectation that answers the question, what is enough? Um, what are your list of shoulds? What, are, what is it you're pursuing and being enough? You know, yeah. just some of those heart motivating questions. And I think that's where just the truth of God's word and the gospel in particular is just a balm for our souls to just know that the only enough that really matters is from God himself. Mm-hmm. And he knew we couldn't be enough, that that mm. is not an expectation that he has of us. And so in knowing that we couldn't be enough, that he sent the one who is perfectly enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it sets us free from that pursuit entirely because Christ has been enough for us. And that mm-hmm. is on our best day to save us from our pride <laughs> and our self righteousness. Right. right. And it's on our worst day from all of our condemnation and shame. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what's just so freeing is in calling us to ministry, He didn't call us to be enough. He's the one who's sufficient for everything that we need, all of life, all of godliness. Um, But he just invites us to be the vessel that he uses. And I think that's where the joy comes from. But often it just doesn't feel that way because we bear these burdens of expectation that weigh it down and make us think that we should be something that we're not even called to be, that we just get to be. The vessel, and he is the one who is perfectly enough.
0: Mm, mm. Yes, that's so beautiful. I was just literally, as you were saying that, I wrote down before you even said it, I wrote down, Jesus became enough for us. And then that's you said, right. Jesus became enough for us. So I think that is the message that we need to end on today is <laughs> just the hope that, you know, when we are not enough, Jesus is enough and it is his church. It is not ours. It's not up to us to build this church. And just even looking back at how God, uh, works with his people, uh, he chose the smallest of the nation, you know, the nation of Israel, not because that they were mighty, but because they were weak. That's right. And I think that is how we have to remind ourselves in ministry. He's not choosing us, like you said, because we're enough. He is choosing us to, uh, to display his glory through people who aren't enough so that the giver gets the glory and we get the joy and that's ministry. So man, so encouraging today, Jackie, thank you for this. I think this is going to bless so many women. um, And I just really appreciate your time and your heart uh, for the church and um, just how you have blessed us so much with, with these lessons today. So thank you, dear sister. Oh, Dana, it's a joy. It is mm-hmm. such a joy
1: to be a part of this network and um, just to to be counted among
0: the um, the many who we love so much. So, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, and thank you to everyone who has tuned in and listened today. We hope that you will join us again soon for another episode of Planting Hope.